Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's time for Next Gen Friday. We are so excited about the future of our fellowship that we highlight the 40 and under pastors of CFM. We hope you are inspired by the deep bench of pastors and leaders coming up around the world. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Tonight, if you have your Bibles, Philippians 2, 3, and 4, I'm just going to take a few moments here. I want to minister sermon. I don't know if I'll have all the points in place, but there are some specific things I want to touch on tonight. And uh, again, it is a profound thing, quite profound to me, as I'm putting this sermon together, you know what, uh, uh, haphazardly here, but um, it was all about, amen, the greatest commandment we're going to read here in uh, Matthew chapter um, 22, 36 through 40. You can also turn there. But Philippians 2, 3 through 4, we're going to read in just a moment. I titled this sermon, uh, So Others Might Live. And we're going to get a history of where that has come from and why that is so. But it begins, I want to begin the sermon uh, with this uh, story by General Booth, uh, the head of the Salvation Army. And um, it goes like this. Every Christmas, The founder of the Salvation Army in London, England, General William Booth, looked forward to addressing the crowd at the Army's annual convention. He loved seeing the faces of those who were dedicated to the charity and were passionate about its mission to serve. But on Christmas in 1910, this is over 111 years ago now, General Booth's health was poor and he knew he he would not be able to attend the convention in in person. And when the thousands in attendance were told that he would not be present. A wave of sadness and disappointment swept over the crowd. General Booth's speech every year was a highlight and something everyone looked forward to all year round. However, Booth sent a telegram to be read as the moderator opened the telegram. The thousands waited in anticipation to hear his message. His telegram was then read aloud to the crowd. And it said, others. Six letters, but one word, others. And it was signed by General William Booth. And I was amazed by that. And I've actually uh, heard another story of this. It talked about how they were going to send out a message to encourage all the workers. And so uh, the message he sent out, because they were unable to send a whole message, all he could send was, uh, and what they had enough for was six letters or one word. And he sent the word to encourage the workers to keep fighting on and doing all that they do. He text or he, he texts, he telegrammed the letter or the word uh, others. And that's what I want to look at this evening with you about others, so others might live. If you consider the word, the message, and the character, and the way Jesus lived, how many of you know Jesus lived for others? Girls, are you listening? Others. He lived his life, laid down for others. He sacrificed his life for 
others. So you and I might live. So you and I might have a chance, amen, at having eternal life. And the Christmas carol, how many of you know the Christmas carol? Remember that story. Marley, he's talking to Scrooge. Remember at the beginning of it, the story, it says that he comes to his old partner, Scrooge, the miser, and he regrets, he visits him, and he regrets the wrong priorities that he held in his life and he's remarking to Scrooge about how or Mar- uh, Marley's uh, remarking to Scrooge how uh, you know what he was a good businessman in life and Marley is distressed he's saying you know what no 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 that was all messed up how I lived my life Scrooge it was not about business not being a good businessman and making money and being comfortable in life he's distressed and he tells Scrooge there he says business the the, the ghost cried of Marley wringing its hands again he said mankind was my business The common welfare was my business. Charity, mercy, forbearance, and benevolence were all my business. The dealings of my trade were but a drop of water in the comprehensive ocean of my business. He says, I completely, completely missed out on what I was supposed to do with my life. And it was for mankind. It was for others. My life should have been involved and entangled in charity and mercy, benevolence, benevolence and forbearance for others. And we see this with Jesus Christ, our ultimate example and guide our savior he gave himself for others september 11th in america 2001 and tooth in september it'll be 20 years when the 9-11 attacks happened 20 years think about that that's going to be this september And it says in this book, so others might live, hence the title's origin. The courage and sacrifice of the New York City Fire Department, FDNY, inspired the nation, giving new meaning to the word hero. But the heroism of the firefighters was not unique to September 11th. It was and has been part of the FDNY's tradition from the very beginning. They are the second largest firefighting department there in all the world in New York City. And it says, if you go back in their history, and this book covers the history of the New York Fire Department, and it talks about how all through certain times, you know, over more than a 100 years, they have been there fighting fires. They have been there so others might live and have a chance, you know, bringing people out of the fires, out of these different kinds of riots, you know, and all kinds of upheavals laying down their lives so others might live and have the occasional cat run up into the tree and get their ladder and get their cat out even cat lives matters amen so others might live see that is what it is church that's what our salvation that is what we are about is for others 
We exist for others. Look at the word of God, Matthew 22, 36 through 40. Teacher, which is a great commandment in the law. And Jesus said to him, it says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and all the prophets. He says here, the greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God with all thy heart. And the second is, love your neighbor as yourself. It does not say anything about loving ourselves. Serving ourselves. It is to be poured out as a drink offering. As Paul says, I have been poured out as a drink offering. I have put away my old life. I have put away all its endeavors, all the things that I could have merited from my life, my former life, this life in this world, what this world has identified me as. I put it aside. I laid it aside. And I lived for God and I went all out for God. How many know Paul was the greatest missionary ever? ever traveling here and there preaching the gospel message getting into all kinds of trouble almost to the point of death there was times he would be you know what almost about ready to die but then he is pulled back the banana peel is yanked away and he gets out from off that banana peel and one foot in the grave and he steps on back And he continued to live for God and do a work for God, for God and for others. Isn't it amazing? We get saved. Why? Because our life was a mess. Think about that. We get saved. We get right with God because we were a mess. We were in distress. We were going insane. We hit rock bottom. There was no other hope. Anything else would have been up, you know. But God, amen, got a hold of us. Someone shared Jesus with us. We got saved and born again. Then after that moment, that honeymoon with Christ, and begin to hear the word of God preached, and we read the word of God, and how many of you know, in time we begin to realize That we have this life and it is not our own. It is Christ, amen, and that we are to lay it down for him and others. Are you getting the picture here? It's for others. We exist to worship God and to minister to others. Philippians 2, 1 through 4. Therefore, If there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, Paul says, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look not only for his own interests, it says, but also for the interests of others. That is a scripture that had leapt out at me. Look at what it says again. 
Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. Let nothing be done. And this will be my second point is that, you know what? It's not about us. Let me write that down for my notes later. (laughs) It's not about us. But many times we get this smear right in front of us and we begin to see ourselves and not others. I mean, you know, and heard that story before of a mirror and how it's made. They say, they say, that guy in somewhere south in the southern states of America who named himself they, they say to make a mirror that's a clear glass you can see through, it's transparent. But then you put a silver lining on the back. You put something there that may sound and look like that it is costly, it is silver, and that is talking about, you know, deceitful riches. And all of a sudden you put that there in front of you behind that glass, and what you have is a shimmery, uh, again, reflective surface that begins to not be transparent, but is reflecting an image back, and it's reflecting your image. Hence... Silver lining there, riches there, begin to thwart our look and perception of the world and of others and not able us, enabling us to see others, but seeing ourselves, looking at ourselves. He says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. Let nothing be selfishly, you know what, motivated as a believer, be like-minded, have the same love. What's the same love? What is Christ's love? He loves you and I. Romans, remember, I believe it was five. It says, while we were yet sinners, Christ, what? Died for us. While we were messed up, while we were not in our right mind, while we maybe even were uh, tormenting the church like Paul or Saul as he was known before, it says that Christ died for us. He came for us to go to the cross so that we might live. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three. Premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four. Our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. We are not our own. 
We are bought with a price, the Bible says, by the blood of Jesus. Did you know that I've been reading about generations, generation, that's why I was talking earlier about generation Z or Y. I don't know which one I am. I don't know. I'm stuck right in the, the crack there between generation X and Y. Uh, I don't know why, <laughs> but I'm stuck right there. They keep changing it. Oh, you're generation X if you're uh, such and such born on this date uh, to 1979. And then it says in another, and it's not an exact science if you go into the study of the generations and what they mean and because if you anybody who studies the generation xyz uh the reason why they're studying it is so that they can sell them something and they can advertise targeting those people that's that's why they're they're studying it. it's not because for your good information and for you guys are doing a great great service they're doing these studies because what's motivating them is not others it's themselves in their pocket checkbook how are we going to sell all this stuff that we have? How are we going to make money? See, that's their whole mindset and why they're studying Generation X, Y, and Z. Because they want to know what to advertise. What do they think like? What do they like? What do they crave? What are they involved in? Because once we know all that as advertisers and sellers, then we will begin to contour commercials, infomercials, products that they believe that they need, but they don't need. And so anyway, Generation X and Y around there, I believe they were saying that Generation X was a selfish type of generation because they had much wealth and they took care of themselves and uh, they were self-centered. But then you look at the Generation Z or the um, digital natives we're looking at, the true gen... 1995 to 2000, and I think 17, 18, they're cutting it off to right now. Recently, they were saying that that's the uh, Generation Z or the Gen, uh, True Gen is what they're calling it. Remember, the searchers of truth. And I'm reading about these uh, uh, people in this generation, the characteristics of, and it's like they're trying to make it seem, oh, they're truth seekers. But how many of you know that these digital natives since 1995, since they were born, they are not, they have only known the internet, nothing but the internet. They don't know a world without social media. And this is what brings us to the conclusion that that generation, this current generation, which is the future spending power and people in the world. And you look in this whole study. And it says that they are quick to go to social media. They are quick to go to YouTube. They're quick to go to the Internet. Because, again, remember, the Internet was everywhere when they were growing up. And everything revolves around the Internet, social media, online streaming, all kinds of things. Generation Y and X are more inept to pick up these things, but they're still not wanting to get involved in Facebook and living their lives out in public as much as Generation Z is. The reason I'm bringing that up is because we have concluded, amen, that Generation Z, this generation, this young generation, 
that likes to live their lives uh, openly, uh, digitally, sharing everything. It's amazing the insanity people share. It's all because of a selfish spirit, a selfish mindset. Me, me, me. I, I, I. I am amazed by the things online. You hear of blogs. Remember blogs? That's so old school. You're an OG. People used to type all kinds of things, you know, blogs. But now they have something called vlog with a V. V is in Victor. Vlog. V-L-O-G. And they record everything. Listening to this one lady the girls are listening to, and she's vlogging. And I'm just saying, let me look at this insanity. Let me open myself to insanity for a moment. And she's crying on camera. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, I'm like, what is she crying for? Oh, oh my God, I can't believe it. Whole two minutes of, I can't believe it. Oh, I'm like, what is happening? And she's just sitting there recording herself. Oh, I'm pregnant. Oh, and I'm like, oh, yay. But you don't know her story. Well, okay, okay, all right. I'm not saying anything else. I'm just like amazed. I wouldn't be on there. Hey, Audrey, record. What's your reaction here? Go to the restroom and record like that girl once you found out you're pregnant with Ashley. Oh, my God. Like, who lives like that? Generation Z, selfie generation. It's amazing. You look at your phone. Look in the front. What's on the front of every phone that you're facing? There is a camera. And it's for selfies there's another recent innovation in this i don't know if i'm old school or just catching up but before you couldn't take a selfie in the dark i don't know why i don't i wasn't trying to make a selfie in the dark i was just like why don't they have a flash camera in the back in the front like they do in the back here and uh somebody showed me oh they do i'm like oh and uh, they said, yeah, look, you just push it like this and your screen will brighten up all of a sudden, brighten up your face. And then right then it'll take your picture acting like a flash for your selfie cam. And I was like, wow, mind blown, blow mind. All for a good selfie picture. See, this whole generation is aimed at, look at me. Look at my reaction. I'm going to eat this chip. Look at me sneeze and gag and and uh, uh, try and hack it. Look at me cough and go crazy crying. Look at me, look at me. When it should be others. So that others might live. So that others can have a chance at the everlasting life, life and it abundantly. We can easily be diverted to self. And how I many you know Jesus was not was anything about self? Remember, he would always retreat from the crowd. 
Remember, they try to make him ruler and king. Oh, let's make him king. Oh, man, he's such a good king. He feeds us. He prays for us. He heals us. He has good words. Let's make him our king. And then all of a sudden, what happens? They're trying to make him king. And guess what he does? Any one of us there with any smidgen of selfishness or a vlog, uh, we would have been, yeah, yeah, make me, I'll be your king. You know? But what does Jesus do? He flees from that. He takes off. He's like, no, 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 no. I have a king. I am a king, but uh, of a kingdom you are unaware of right now. And if you had any inkling, you would not be trying to make me king right now because I am already a king of a kingdom that is invisible. He would stave away or stay away from any kind of self-ambition. He says, but in lowliness of mind, each other esteem. Let each esteem others better than himself. Let us esteem. That is in Philippians 2, 3. What an amazing picture. It says, esteem others Lift up others in the, uh, uh, the living translation. It says of uh, Philippians 4, or, or Philippians 2, uh, verse number 3. Let's look at what it says. Amazing to esteem others more than yourself. It says, don't be selfish. Try not to impress others. This is the New Living Translation. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Oh, right there. That ought to grip us because we always try to outdo, outsmart, outwit, outdress, outbuy, outlive others. That whole saying, keeping up with the Joneses, trying to impress by what you can buy and purchase trying to look and appear, you know, better than others and doing well and better than others. You know what? It's not all about that. The Word of God tells us, you know, Paul says, you know what? You are to esteem others better than yourself. You are to esteem others. Lift them up. We are to think of others as better than ourselves. Others. Don't look only for your own interest, but take an interest in others as well. It's not talking about gossiping. It's not talking about, oh, what you hear, what you hear. Oh, I heard the same. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's talking about wanting their good, amen, have their interests, amen, in mind, their good interests, wanting to help them. He says it's about others. And I close with this last thought. Again, Jesus recognizes the shortage in the world of compassion and love for others. Matthew nine thirty five through 38 Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd, Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. We are lacking help. We are lacking people who are about others and not about themselves. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Say or pray 
God, raise up laborers. God, help us raise more men and women up so that they will not be about their own business, about their own selves, you know, and their selfish endeavors, you know, and their own fixated on their own lives, but for others. Just want to be a blessing, want to help. Want to make sure people are, you know, doing all right. They need any help. You know, others sharing Jesus with others who need Christ. How dare us hold on to the living words, the bread of life. When others are starving. When others are, you know what, sick, you know. Others are in need. And we hold the key to everlasting life. We are to share that and give that out as much as we can. This is what I love about the bread pickup and the bread giveaway. In a sense, it is taking literal what is metaphorical. Share the bread of life. Share Jesus. We take the bread from one of our local bakeries and we give that to others. We give it away. You know, that's what we do with the word of God. We share. It's for others, folks. Oh, my goodness, when we get that revelation and we look at what Jesus did, he says, it's for others. I'm saved because I am here to do something for God, and it involves others. I have all that I have so I can use it for others. Some of the most generous people I have been around, they would always say, you know what? Don't worry about it this you know what, God bless me and I want to bless you. And all that they have, all that they have accumulated, you know what, they always, you know, some of them are very generous and they always say, you know what, don't worry about it. God bless me and therefore I'm blessing you as well as God has moved in my life and blessed my life. They have captured, you know what, this is for others. It's not for me to hoard up. It's not for me to sit on. It's not for me to bury in the ground this talent that the Lord has given me and sit on it, but to share it with others. It's all about others, folks. It's not about us. It's about loving the Lord and about others. It's about humble servitude. As William Booth said to that wonderful crowd listening, awaiting, and for all the workers anticipating what he was going to say, and he texts those six letters, one word, others. Let's bow our heads all over this place. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.